Hello, and welcome to the weekly Aging with Grace podcast. This week's podcast is titled, What is the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund and Why Should We Care? Part 2. Welcome. I'm D.G. Linton Gridley, founder and CEO of Aging with Grace, a company dedicated to providing home and community-based services for people so we can age with grace by aging in place. I have spent a lot of time in nursing homes, different nursing homes, not as a resident, but visiting and volunteering. And my mother worked as a nurse in one for a time. I don't ever want to be a resident in a nursing home. I don't even want to go there for a short rehab stay. In part one of this podcast titled, What is the Civil Monetary Fund and Why Should I Care?, I reviewed a timeline put together by the Kaiser Family Foundation to give you a history of nursing homes in in the United States, and I gave you a definition and an overview of the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund, what it was and what it's for. I told you about some of the project toolkits that the Center for Medicare and Medicaid created that could be used by nursing homes to improve their quality of care if they so choose to do the work to get the grant from the Civil Monetary penalty fund reinvestment program to pay for the toolkits implementation. The toolkits are just the tip of the iceberg of potential projects that nursing homes could use to improve their quality of care. To further explain the Civil Monetary Fund, I found this article produced by Oxford University and the Gerontological Society of America in the Public Policy and Aging Report, Volume 31, Issue 2 of 2021, and it is titled, How the Collection and Disbursement of Civil Money Penalties Improves Nursing Facility Care Across the United States. Let me read that again. How the Collection and Disbursement of Civil Money Penalties Improves Nursing Facility Care Across the United States. And the author is Tony P. Miles, M.D., Ph.D. In 1973, the use of chemical and physical restraints was a widespread and routine practice used by nursing facilities, nursing homes. When they say nursing facilities, when she says nursing facilities, she means nursing homes, to address problematic resident behaviors such as aggressiveness and wandering. It was not uncommon to enter a facility and find a 90-year-old female resident who stood less than 5 foot 4, weighing less than 100 pounds, heavily sedated, and, and who had at least three of her arms and legs secured to a bed with leather straps because she would repeatedly try to leave the facility when not restrained. At that time, because so little was understood about Alzheimer's disease and related disorders, Clinicians could offer little therapeutic support other than prescribing antipsychotics and sedatives and looking the other way when overworked custodial care providers would resort to using three- and four-way physical restraints and other harmful practices. After members of Congress and federal Medicare officials resolved that the use of chemical and physical restraints clearly did not correspond with the program's primary objective of offering the highest practicable level of care possible, the Medicare program authorized state nursing home inspectors to issue fines, in other words, civil monetary penalties, as a punishment for continued use of restraints and other 
regulatory violations. In 2005, Medicare's regional quality improvement organizations implemented a nationwide process for for providing nursing home care without the use of restraints and provided clearly stated rules for compliance. By 2016, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services developed a more user-friendly documentation and reporting system that allowed state nursing home surveyors to issue a tag in quotation marks for those facilities that were not in compliance of the state operations manual. The Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program emerged from these formal oversight and enforcement activities. In particular, the goal of the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program is to allocate a small percentage of the collected fines to state governments to support nursing home improvement initiatives for quality of care. By investing a portion of collected fines in such efforts, the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program has become critical in continuing to improve resident care and advance culture change. For more details on the history leading to the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program, see a Culture Change Network of Georgia video. And I watched the video, this is an aside from me, I watched the video and it was just a timeline showing that nursing homes have been told to be kinder and more respectful for a long time and they are still working at it, on it. Okay, back to this article from Dr. Miles. The Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program can take us all the way to the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services Regulations Supporting Sustainable Change. And this next section is called, What is the Current Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program? Question mark. The Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program is administered at the state level and relies on a portion of fines collected from those nursing homes that did not correct an observed lack of regulatory compliance. With these monies in hand, each state identifies shortfalls in the delivery of nursing home care and then solicits applications from provider organizations and other entities, for example, universities, that propose to address defined gaps in care. For the years shown in Table 1, and I'll describe Table 1 for you in a minute, Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program funds were used to support three types of funding requests. And it gives a website where you can read further about Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Programs on the Medicare website. Just go to cms.gov, Medicare forward slash provider enrollment and certification forward slash survey Certification Gen Info. And one type of request consisted of providing nursing home administrators with funds generally less than 100000 to support facility closures, expand the resident and family councils, and, and develop other ways to increase resident involvement in nursing home quality care initiatives. Other funds have been used to support nursing homes in times of emergencies, Such requests are often more than a million dollars each and support projects ranging from the development of disaster preparedness plans to implementing imminent evacuation procedures. And so Table 1 
is titled The Civil Money Penalty Reinvestment Program Awards from 2016 to 2018 by region and total dollars. And I'm just going to summarize this table by saying that in some regions for 2016 and other regions in 2017, there was no program awards. Either they didn't apply for the, um, they didn't get the grant, they didn't apply for the grant, or they didn't obtain the grant. They were denied the grant. It doesn't say here, it just says for several regions, they didn't spend any of the civil monetary penalty fund reinvestment dollars. But in 2018, every region spent some dollars and the total for all the regions, the grants awarded, totaled $114,426,524. And this chart doesn't say what the dollars were spent on, but I'll read further and maybe you can get a better picture of what the reinvestment program helps with. And it says, note, dollars in this report come from the relevant state agency to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and are not validated by the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So this information was obtained on the state level, and you can go to the federal level. She gives a website, cms.gov, forward slash Medicare, forward slash provider enrollment and certification forward slash survey certification gen info again. And you can get a download of a zip file of state civil monetary penalty reinvestment programs funded by calendar year. And so by far, states use civil monetary penalty reinvestment program funds to support quality improvement activities. On one level, these funds are used to train nursing home surveyors and provide technical assistance as a way to improve the nursing home surveillance process, which often has been defined as burdensome. On another level, these projects focus on improving resident care, such as by developing therapeutic activities designed to engage a greater number of residents. Other state-administered quality improvement projects address infection control and manage antipsychotic prescribing and offer dementia care training to certified nursing assistants and other frontline nursing home staff. And this is an aside for me. I think that that's something that should happen without a grant. The uh, dementia care training to certified nursing assistants and other frontline nursing home staff In addition, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services has drawn upon these quality improvement projects to create a set of toolkits. They have names like head-to-toe infection prevention, which provides a timely and important resource in response to the pandemic, and developing a restful environment action manual, which provides practical tools for helping residents with dementia to improve sleep quality. These all are available on the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services website without charge, and facilities may readily access these toolkits as a way to advance their own efforts to improve resident care. So the toolkits are free on the website, but you have to obtain the grant. You have to apply for and be given the grant before you can put them into practice. 
Okay, that was me talking back to this article. We know little else about this program. Researchers have not determined why some states allocate more funds to the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program than others. It remains unclear what costs were saved by offering support during emergencies or what benefits have been achieved by implementing any particular quality improvement program. And we are not sure why such efforts are not more widespread and implemented across the country. And we are unsure why this self-sustaining and apparently effective program does not get more support from elected officials who are most concerned with improving the quality of care provided to nursing home residents who happen to be their constituents. Next section is called Concluding Remarks. The enforcement of Medicare nursing home regulations, such as those concerning the use of chemical and physical restraints, has resulted in several improvements in resident outcomes. By reinvesting a portion of fines collected from facilities that fail to correct an observed regulatory deficiency in the use of restraints or otherwise, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services has created a sustainable approach to support continuous quality improvement efforts, which are defined and administered at the state level. Indeed, as long as a state continues to identify shortfalls in nursing home care and collect monetary penalties for the failure to properly address such shortfalls, the need for quality improvement efforts remains and the utility of the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program endures. And then she has a section here titled Disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this article are strictly my own and do not reflect any of the agencies examined in this piece. And this next section is called Funding. This study is supported by Georgia Department of Community Health, Healthcare Facilities Regulation Division. And the next section is called Conflict of Interest. I am currently leading a civil monetary penalty reinvestment program supported project called Best Practices in Bereavement Care, administered through the state of Georgia. These funds support the development of a toolkit for training staff and residents in post-acute care to deliver bereavement care to one another. This article is not about this project. Rather, it focuses on the history and current administrative function of the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And that's the end of that article. I thought it was interesting that I couldn't find any article or website to tell me how much money was in the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund on the national level or on the state levels. The article that I just read to you only reported the amounts of money that have been used from the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program funds for projects. I did see somewhere in my research that the money is invested as it sits there in a holding tank on the federal level and in each state's holding tank. So someone is deciding where to invest this money that's in the Civil Monetary Penalty Funds. Are they investing it in some sort of mutual fund program? Are they investing it in random stocks and bonds? And who's in control of that? Who benefits from that? I see many problems with managing the civil monetary penalty funds, a lot of opportunities for fraud and abuse, 
I think it should be public knowledge how much money is in there and where it's invested and who is managing it. I want to be able to go to a state and federal website and see exactly what is happening with that civil monetary penalty fund money. Transparency is the only way to ensure honesty and accuracy. By the way, the civil monetary penalty fund is not to be confused with the civil penalty fund money. You can find more about you can find more information about the civil penalty fund at consumerfinance.gov. The civil penalty fund is totally separate from the civil monetary penalty fund. It reminds me of Medicare and Medicaid. Whoever is responsible in the government for naming these programs so similarly should be punished. <laughs> I also want to draw attention to the fact that the author of the article wondered why some states allocate more money, more funds, to the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Program than others? That is a great question. Very mysterious. The author also wondered why it remains unclear what costs were saved by offering support during emergencies or what benefits have been achieved by implementing any particular quality improvement program. It seems to me that they should have to report on how the Civil Monetary Fund Improvement Program improved what they were trying to improve as a requirement of the grant. <laughs> I mean, usually that's the case. You have to report on how the grant made a difference. The author also wondered why such efforts to use the Civil Monetary Penalty Reinvestment Funds are not more widespread and implemented across the country. I think I know why. As I alluded to in part one of this podcast about the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund, I think it's because nobody cares. Nobody's going to benefit monetarily from doing it, and nobody's making anybody do it. It's entirely voluntary with no reward except for maybe the people that will get paid to do the work of obtaining and implementing the grant. But I bet the rules of the grant will not allow them to get paid much, much or more people would be doing it, getting the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund grant, I mean. And last but not least, the author wondered why this self-sustaining and apparently effective program does not get more support from elected officials, our representatives in government. I think it's because our elected officials don't know about it. As I've said many times, they need our help to educate them about all the issues that are important to us. Please write your local representatives about the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund. Ask them if they know about it and what they know about it. Ask them to change the rules and make the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund money available to pay for home and community-based services. I would like especially for the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund money to help people get out of nursing homes and into their own homes with home and community-based services to support them. If you know more about the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund, please contact me. I would like to know more. And why should you care about the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund and nursing homes in general? Because you might end up in one someday. Most people who are stuck in a nursing home Never imagined, imagined that they would end up in a nursing home, but it is a sad statistical fact of life. I am working to be as healthy as possible as I get older, and making a plan for home and community-based services if I ever become disabled, and I want to help you do the same. That is one reason I produce these podcasts every week, to help you get ready for getting older so you can live your best life ever. Disability does not have to be ugly and awful. It is how the disability the disabled are treated that is ugly and awful. 
For example, if I am poor and become disabled, the government will only give me 40 hours of help per week in my home. And if I need more help, if I am incontinent and need help getting cleaned up at night and on the weekends, I will have to go to a nursing home. However, if I have enough money and I become disabled and need help 24-7, I can stay in my home until I die. I would like that. I would like to die in my own home, in my own comfy bed. Let's write our elected officials and make them aware of the Civil Monetary Penalty Fund. Let's, let's ask for laws to be passed that would allow the Civil Monetary Fund money to be spent on home and community-based services. Let's allow people to have one-on-one help in their home until they die, no matter whether they are rich or poor. None of us know what the future holds, especially when it comes to how much money we will have in the future. I've seen many wealthy people become victims of dementia and exploitation and end up broke and at the mercy of mercenary relatives and or the government in their disability in their older years. Let's all work to make the care we give people in their older years kind and respectful, no matter how much money the older person has. Please write your representatives in government. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a week of making happy memories. Bye for now. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the last episode. For more information, please go to agingwithgraceinfo.org. That's agingwithgraceinfo.org. Thank you. The Health Club for Seniors is your kind of place, so come and join us and age with grace.